what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hey, I'm Amy Chang, and I'm a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and this is Healthy AF. Here, we're going to bring to you all things health. You'll hear stories of people who have transformed their health, and in the meantime, transformed their lives. We'll answer those burning questions about the newest health strategies, and we'll tackle some common roadblocks that my clients bring to me all the time. Lastly, we're going to talk to some practitioners who will bring to you different modalities that they're passionate about and how you could benefit from using those. So buckle in. We're going to be inspired, instructed, and have a little fun with Healthy AF. Hey, everybody. I am so glad to be here with you today. We are having an episode with a good buddy of mine named Lauren, and I have been so excited for her to be here. She is a life, leadership, and business coach. And for me, like, that's a mouthful to say, but who Lauren is for me is a ray of sunshine. And not the ray of sunshine that like you look up and you see it in the clouds and it's filtering through and it's beautiful and you can appreciate it. Not just that ray of sunshine, but that ray of sunshine that also warms you up so much that you can see the hope that you have from it coming down through the sky. But then you can also feel that... um, that power inside yourself that drives you to be an active participant in whatever you're hoping for in your life. That's Lauren for me. Thank you. You're welcome. And that is who she is for me. And so that's why I want to do a podcast. How could you not want to do a podcast with that shit? So Lauren, welcome to the Healthy AF podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I feel the same way about you, Amy Chang. I love you. Oh, thank you. I brought my, um, I, I picked it. So I'm, I always record at Channel, um, which is set up by Live Oak Bank for minority business owners, which I love and it's free. So I come here to do my podcasting and they had some coffee cups and they all have these little things on them. And, wait, and I had to. Oh, can you read I love that? that one. Trust the journey. Yeah, I was like, which one will I pick for today for my podcast with Lauren? Since this what, is what I have today. Namaste. <laughs> I love that. You yoga people, crazy. I mean, us CrossFitters, not crazy. Totally not crazy over here. <laughs> well, you got two and one over here, so I don't know what that makes me. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. All right. So Lauren, um, tell me about yourself. Tell, tell us about you. Yeah. Uh, a fun fact about me is I am from Wilmington, Delaware, and I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. So just a little, just a little fun fact to start with. Uh, yeah, I'm a life leadership and business coach. I support people in connecting to their power and magic. And I do that through all different tools. I mean, most of it's really listening. I can't tell you how many clients are like, yeah, you're so right. And I'm like, no, I didn't say that. You said that. (laughs) I just repeated it back. Fun fact. Yeah. Like um, we, and so, and I, one of my favorite things to do is see people be in their genius. It's so magical and so inspiring. And it's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, all right. So apparently we're just going to dive right in here. Um, Yeah. I have the same thing from being a health coach, you know, that um, people ask me all the time, are we going to do this? We're going to do that. Are we going to, you know, make like, no, like what we are going to do is you're going to be over there in your space. And I'm going to be like reflecting back the awesomeness that you are so that you can see it. And then you're going to make shit happen in your space. Yeah. That's that's how this is going to roll. So do you feel like that's kind of what you do? Yeah. A part of what you do. I'll say Which, a part of what you do. It is part. And one of the really interesting, I do a lot of work with businesses and money. 
Um, I did bookkeeping for small businesses for 12 years. I, I love money as a tool of access to just so much, just a piece of information, right? Um, and so oftentimes what will happen is business owners will come to me and say like, I need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I need you to tell me how to make more money. I need you to tell, like, give me the answers. <laughs> and for bookkeeping purposes, I can give you best practices for sure. The decisions you're going to make for your life, for your business, whatever, if somebody's giving you the answers, they're not your answers. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's what you're saying too. Yeah. And so it's like, listen in for your answers and then start having the courage to do them <laughs> right and this isn't just my clients this is for me too <laughs> oh i know girl <laughs> so i was just thinking today i was like i need to schedule some time with a coach um okay so maybe this is a good place to start a friend of mine asked me the other day what kind of people do you work with slash what kind of problems do you help people with? So tell us about that. Yeah, I work with people who are alive and who, <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. we got to put a flipping pin in that so hard. Like, it's so true. People who like alive, they need coaches. You yeah, know, we like all if need you're them. breathing, it's a good sign you, a coach would be helpful. <laughs> In whatever form oh, that is. Yeah. Oh, so alive that. people, that's check one. Um, and and it's people who are in the space where they're ready to do the work. It, you know, creating what a does that look like? When it, we, how do you know you're ready? What are those qualities? Uh you've noticed your suffering. And it's now um, more painful to sit in your suffering than to make the change with the outcome that you don't have a control over. When a lot of the times what happens is people, it's people like become conscious that th this life is for creating. And when we give our choice to others, when we are out of choice, when we are out of responsibility, mm. it's easy because nothing's our fault because we don't have to do anything that scares us. All of like, it's easy. And those people just aren't usually ready yet. And they may not be in this lifetime. That's not up for me to decide. The people who come to coaches, and I'm sure you know this too, are the people who are who can no longer stand the suffering that they would rather go into the action and use the courage. So can we just talk about the, um, the last time we sat at a table? Sure. Yeah. Little Load Bakery, shout out. <laughs> Little Load Bakery. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So the last time, just, just to fill people in, I met you when you were um, creating a group of uh, powerful women coming together for lunches, hearing someone speak just about their experience of life or their own story and doing some sort of creative expression of our own story, you know? So like a, a little bit of um, focused learning and then a little bit of creativity and creating ourselves through your coaching, basically. Um, and I knew then that I needed to sit down with you because you were in action, creating something big, bigger than you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was a little bit jealous. But So I knew I need to sit down with her. And um, so then we finally did sit down and it took, it took months actually. And, you know, like in the meantime, I I came in on probably a scooter. The first time I saw you, I think my Achilles was still, I was not yeah. walking yet. Yeah. So scooter, peg leg crutches, something like that. Um, so I, I give myself grace. Like during that time it's like, everything is just going to take four times as long. So chill your jets. Um, so we finally sat down and when I sat down with you, of course, we had to make the appointment a, a month or so in advance because both our calendars are like hibbity hobbity, which is good. I like We're that. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're having fun. And um, two weeks, no, 
was it a week before? Yeah. No, I think it was almost two full weeks before that. I had just like any other normal day, gotten on my bike, ridden down to the park, uh, run the park. It was a cooler morning, which was surprising because I think it was in August and um, sat down on a bench. And all of a sudden, the sad just, I mean, socked me in the nose. Mm -hmm. And this wave of really deep hurt and probably some grief, you know, in hindsight, I can say probably some grief just really just got me good. And um, I had a hard time for that whole week. I uh, didn't know how to like get it off (laughs) and it permeated everything. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do my work. I didn't, you know, I was completely distracted. And then the second wave of bullshit lies hit. I'm not good enough. My body's not good enough. I'm not wanted. Man, it was a rotten, rotten 10 days, you know, and and I did all the things. I journaled. I meditated. I got my ass to the gym. I sat down with a sponsor um, with my 12-step stuff. And I was going through the motions on business stuff. You know, you still have your one-on-ones. You still meet people. And I show up to our meeting. (laughs) And I was a puddle. A complete puddle. And I, for the life of me, could not process through this sad that had been on me now for like, I think it had almost been two weeks. And I sat down with you and um, you brought the sunshine joy. And you allowed me to be in my sad. And we talked about it. And um, I got to a spot not looking at, I don't know if you remember this, but I wouldn't look at you. <laughs> you were right there. And I was yeah. right there. I I couldn't even be over there with you, with your joy. And I just sat right there at that window in my sad. And eventually, uh, I shifted, began to shift that little bit of the door opening that like, hey, maybe you don't have to feel this way and believe these lies forever. Mm -hmm. That little crack cracked open because of... uh, your space that you created for me to be in. And at the end of that (laughs) conversation, I say to you, well, shit, you know, like this was supposed to be like a networking meeting (laughs) for business. And like all of a sudden I I feel like I've twisted you into free coaching. And I will never forget what you said to me after that. Do you remember, do you remember what you said to me? I think I said something along the lines of like, you never need to worry about me. I'm always in choice. And if I'm not, that's my responsibility, not yours. (laughs) Exactly. You, you looked straight at me and you said, girl, I am always in choice with this big smile and that joyful laugh that you have. And that statement also moved me out of my sad. Because in the coming two or three days where I did continue to go to my, you know, I continued to do my stuff. I continued Mm -hmm. to do my meditation and my journaling and my praying and my 12-step meetings and all the things that I know that move me forward. That statement, girl, I am always in choice, really, really pulled me, pulled me into how I wanted to feel, what I wanted my life to look like, and who I wanted to be. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that from you. You're welcome. And, <laughs> you know, it's a gift to hold space for people. I, I it is. One, one of the important things that you said is that, like, my joy didn't dissipate because you were suffering. 
And I did. And that's a training. That is a training. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't remembering back, like one of the things that I is a habit that, that I have, and we all have is like trying to make somebody else feel comfortable. You didn't need to feel comfortable. In fact, the discomfort was the thing that was going to help move you. And if I had tried to take that from you, I would be robbing you of a transformational experience. Yes. And and I guess that's why I told the story. I was sitting over here on the other end of this podcast going like, now, why did I start that ramble on? I started that ramble on because we were saying, who comes to you? People who are uncomfortable with where they were. Yeah. I was so over being in that sad for almost 14 days. And in the past, I'd have been in that sad for, you know, three months, two years. You know, however, I have done the work so that my sad tolerance, you know, is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And that was a big one. You know, I, I typically don't stay in there. But OK, so the point is. When you get in enough pain that the other side and doing the work to get to the other side doesn't seem so uh, overwhelming anymore. You might be ready to start your coaching. (laughs) There's this quote I always think of, and it's like, um, when the pain, there's something about like um, suffering, but still knowing the outcome, which is a form of control. When Mm -hmm. the pain that your tolerance for that becomes lower, then your ability to withstand pain for the uncontrolled, for the unknown, that's when you're ready to change. That's when you're ready to shift. That's when you're ready to transform. I love that. I, I've heard that one too. And it's uh, like something yeah. about when the Much pain of where you are is less than the fear of where you're going. Yeah. And I have discovered through my own suffering that the key is to be mindful of your suffering and take ownership of it. Mm. Like there's been so many times I, where I would tell myself this story that was causing me suffering. And I would, listen, I was going to be a lawyer. I was in mock trial in high school. I had, I won three gavels. Like they called me a bulldog in the courtroom. Like I would, I can build a case and I would build this beautiful case that proved that my story was right. And at the same time, I was caught, it was suffering. I was just in suffering the whole freaking time. I'm suffering, but I'm proving that I'm right. But you're and proving you're right. I'm proving I'm right. And eventually yeah. I was like, okay, Lauren, the story is causing you suffering. And yet you've con- you're continuing to remain committed to it. Are you willing to drop mm-hmm. it yet? And I can tell you for at least six months after I realized this, I was not willing to drop it. And that is okay. And that is okay. And as long yep. as I stay committed to saying like, hey, get your, here's the story again. You're building your case. You're, suff- you're causing your own suffering because of your commitment to this story. Are you willing to drop it yet? No. All right. So I just got mindful about me causing my suffering. Yeah. You know what the magical part is? One day it was just gone. And I was like, what? That's weird. How'd that happen? I realized because of my mindfulness, I was just so bored of the same story of laying out the same case that I was right. It was boring. <laughs> yeah. I got off that train because I was just bored. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. At some point it's like, wow, that really doesn't do anything for me. Like yeah. when you're eating a tub of ice cream and it's good and you're loving it, that's awesome. But when you get down to those last few bites, it's like, like I'm full I've had enough. It's not exciting anymore. It's not a treat. It doesn't feel good. I think I can put it back in the freezer. Yeah. I've never said that about an Oreo package. (laughs) A tub of ice cream. They have a s'mores Oreo that comes out in the I can't. So good. (laughs) We're cutting that out of the podcast. It's really good. It's I think it's only at Walmart too. Um, it's, it's the mindfulness is the key and the mindfulness and taking ownership of it. Like, what is the story that I'm committed to in this moment? Is it that I'm not good enough? Is it that I'm so-and-so doesn't like me? Is it that I 
am fat? Is it that I am ugly? Is it that I've never been able to do that? What's the story? Because it's all just a story. And if, you're, yep. if you can create a story to bring yourself down, you sure as hell can bring, create a story to bring yourself up. That's one thing I've really realized too. Like, hey, Amy, you are making shit up right now. Yeah. So how about you make some shit up that makes you feel good and moves you forward? Mm-hmm. Because you're just making up this future that doesn't exist. You know, um, I was actually just doing some reflecting today and I was like, uh, yeah, the story that I make up used to, I will say I, I have really wrangled this bullshit for the most part. The story was um, I'm bad because I ate a cookie. Right. Mm-hmm. And the painful part was um, I'm never going to be able to accomplish anything. I don't have enough mm-hmm. willpower. I don't have enough motivation. I don't have enough drive. I'm not one of those people. I'm not type A enough. I'm not, you know, like the, li- the ch- 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 list. And um, like, that's just shit that I'm making up about myself. So how about we just shift that up, make up something different? You know, I'm never going to be able to, could be like, wow, I did. You know, here I am, a business owner three years later, after three moves, completing a divorce, (laughs) like a breakup, a a major self-journey. And here I am. And three years ago, if you'd have said, hey, are you going to be open in three years? I'd have been like, eee. Then you just make it up. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, have you ever heard of Whole Brain Living? It's by Dr. Jill Bolt No, I've never heard of Whole Brain Living. I recommend it to everybody. So she's a neurologist. I'll put it in show notes. And she had a stroke and she lost her entire left side. So as a neurologist, she loses her left side of her brain. And over eight years builds it back up. But she talks about four characters in your brain. So your left front is like your CEO, I like to call it. Your left back is your inner wounded child. Inner wounded child only operates from the past. Mm. Character three is your top right. So this is like your puppy. I operate a lot. Character three does a lot of navigating my life for me. And character four is like the universal oneness. Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor talks about how she's one of those people I have to say her full name because it's fun. Um, she talked about how when she, her left side went offline, when people would come into the hospital room, she couldn't decipher where she ended and they began. It's like the mm-hmm. universal oneness of it all. And so when you're hearing those stories that are asking you to play small, then they sound like they might be commanding you to play small. It's your inner wounded child wanting you to never ever be vulnerable and never get hurt and never fail because if you do that could mean that you'll get kicked out that you won't survive like we're you know and so it's giving the microphone to the other characters too you know Mm -hmm. and not like shitting on her for it god bless her she keeps us safe she's why we eat you know yeah no i say to little amy i say to her all the time i hear you and i know how much you love me and I know yeah. you want me to stay safe and not fail, but I don't need that protection. I'm okay. I can do yeah. this. Yeah. And I do. I When I first started recognizing little Amy and the lies that she tells, uh, I, like most people, tried to resist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't work well Mm-mm. because little Amy is a force of nature, man. Mm-hmm. And she loves me so much, like super mm-hmm. protection. Um. And then when I really started to engage her from a, from an area of gratitude, then shit started to shift for me Mm -hmm. and I could, I could uh, move forward with like my other characters. I Mm -hmm. love, love how you say that. It's it's literally in the book. (laughs) Well, not Lauren, but you know, the other lady, the author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was like, oh. Mm. Yeah, and I so how you loved her. You said that. What difference did that make in your life? Did you shift anything? A lot of the times when I go into projects, I go in with my puppy leading the show. And to be clear, the puppy's like, "Oh my god, it's so nice! I'm so excited! I'm very excitable! Like this, yes, this is the best idea ever! We have to do this right now, right now! Let's go! It's gonna be so fun!" (laughs) Right, like that's and it's like, okay, okay, on one of my strengths tests. Uh, there's a, it's free. You can do it for free. It's called VIA strengths test. 
and they it's a value in action and it lists your your values from one to 25. Prudence is at the very bottom of my list. <laughs> Which is funny because Dear Prudence is one of my favorite songs. And I was like, okay, so now when I have an idea, what I want to do is I want to invite in character one more to the conversation. Mm. I want to know that when character two is speaking up and saying this isn't going to work, I can just you know, say like, I see you, I hear you, I love you, we're safe. And I can invite, I can take a breath and take a step back and look at the bigger picture. It doesn't work all the time. I don't always invite character one in, right? And when I do, when I give myself that space to, to integrate with whatever it is, it clears the path forward. Okay, say that again. When you give yourself space to integrate with whatever it is, whatever what is. Whatever the project, the idea, the, uh, listen, I love an idea. I have a million ideas a day. Girl, but me if, too. It's if like I let puppy far. take them, oh, it's like, you know, and so it's, it's inviting it. And for me, what I had to come to terms with, with my left front brain, is I often, um, for a long time, looked at that as like boring. Like, oh God, that's so boring. Why do I have to do that? So boring. Like, I'm not a boring, silly adult. Like, I'm a fun person who, like, creates my life. And <laughs> so I had to come to terms with that, too. When I invited that CEO in to help, I could go into fulfillment on things instead of just, like, step one of the process. Okay, I love that. Uh, and I can really relate because I too have like ideas, you know, I could start 14 nonprofits in a half an hour. It's mm -hmm. just, it's all there. Right. And then sometimes when I either don't start or don't follow through, um, because clearly I haven't invited my CEO to the party. So this is not a well thought out plan. This is a beautiful seed, but it's not a well thought out plan. Right. right. Um, and then when I, don't either do it or don't fulfill upon it. Sometimes then little Amy has even more evidence of like, yep. why we will never accomplish this. Why we don't, I told you, you didn't have any willpower. I told you, you didn't have any follow through. I told you, you can't do the details. You know, I mean, she's right there. Like here, come back here and be small again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love it. So do you use the idea of the, the characters with your clients? Is that oh, all, the, all the time. It's one of my favorite tools because it's just like, and the other really cool part about this is that, so <clears throat> one of my favorite um, ways to play small, to uh, take away responsibility for myself is to be in judgment of myself and to others. It's one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. Because then I get to be right and I freaking love being right. It's so fun. <laughs> Who doesn't? It feels so good. And so, um, yeah. Oh. And so oftentimes when, when I see people who I can see that it's their character to running the show and I can give them grace, even if they're not at the point where they're like, I'm ready for a coach. I'm ready to make a change. Even if they're like, never going to, they're like, nope, not for me. I can still say, oh, your character too running the show i can see that and i can love you because what a human thing what a human thing to do yeah so when you can love your human yeah and love the other person and just give people grace like yeah. that is not something that that i did for a very long time and learning this has really helped me do that and when i can give people grace i am able to access peace when I'm in judgment, there is no peace to be had. No, and I think one thing I'm I'm really rolling in right now, and um, it's fun. I don't know if this happens to you. Does it happen to you that the thing that you most need to like grab a hold of and learn at the moment, that's what your clients bring to you? All the time. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what I'm rolling in, what the universe is plopping in my lap for me to learn is that when I judge me, when I stay in judgment of me, when I stay in, you know, perfectionistic tendencies in me, when I stay in um, not enough lies in me, um, 
by default, I'm spreading that shit all over the place. Like I can't not judge other people when I am in judgment of me. Yeah. It, I can't. It, it, they don't. Uh, it's it's impossible, you know. So letting go of that for me is the way mm-hmm. that I let go of that for for other people. Yeah, and character four is super helpful in that too, because it's just like we all are all one. We're all in this together. It's just love. That's all there truly is to connect to. It's all made. The rest of it's just made up. Okay. So how do you deal with, um, like, I'm totally down. Like one love is all, you know, if, if we can just all realize that one love, that's it. That's the sentence. One love. And uh, there's a part of me. That is that um, I'm an acute care, critical care nurse practitioner, and I know how to read research and I know how to like do sciencey stuff. And I am really smart. That sometimes gets triggered when I want to poo poo the, the one love. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if other humans who are alive, who may come to you for like, you know, I am human. I am alive. I am in pain. And I really hook my identity to my intellectual side. Mm-hmm. How easy is it or how much of a struggle is it for them to let that character for one love contribute? It's different for everybody. I have the first, I have a client. She came to mind. We call it. So I, for this one client, I, I, if I use terms like inner wounded child, if we do affirmations, like her bullshit meter is really sensitive. <laughs> like it just is. And that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. There's language that equals the same thing where it doesn't turn on her bullshit meter. And we literally talk about it. Like, okay, we wanna make sure that the language that we're referencing, your bullshit meter doesn't go off because if it does, you're not gonna be able to integrate this into your body. And so we just get to a point where we get to a statement that feels believable for her. And she, like in this life, might never be like one love, like like her CEO does a lot of running of the show and she's really good at it. She's incredible, right? Like I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. And she might not get there. I, my belief system is that I believe in reincarnation. I believe we just keep continuing being born to learn their lessons. And once we're able to connect to divine love, a hundred percent of the time, time is when we're no longer mm-hmm. put in bodies. Another way that I, I can give people grace much easier. I can see that like, Oh, this is just her journey in, in this for her soul to get to enlightenment. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use language so that it, it can work for her. Because why would I try anything else if it doesn't work? I love that you let people guide. And I I do think that that's something people, we're not used to doing that in our normal conversations, in our normal relationships, is letting each person guide their life. Even when we're um, relating to them in a professional capacity of, I'm a coach for you, you know. Um, people don't expect and don't. And I think some of that is that they don't trust that they, they do know. Yeah. Do you want to hear a really funny story about how I, how I actually learned to this? Yes. Okay. So I coached volleyball for 17 years. I coached at my alma mater with Mike. He's now my best friend. He was actually the officiant to my wedding. His name is James Phillips. And we were obsessed with our volleyball team. We lived three houses down from each other. We were constantly together. We were constantly (laughs) talking about high school volleyball (laughs) in Delaware. And I coached the JV team and I assisted with varsity and he was technically my boss, which if he listens to this, he's going to love that I said that technically my boss. And one day, (laughs) one day I was complaining about the JV team. Now I have played volleyball my entire life. I grew up with volleyball. I don't remember a time where I didn't know how to pass. I'm sure it was there like to pass. I'm sure it happened. I was probably pretty young. 
volleyball is so integrated into my body that it was hard for me at that age where I was on my journey to be able to break things down for the kids who were beginners, very much so. And so I was complaining about how I was trying to, I don't even know what it was. I was trying to get the kids to pass or overhands or I don't know what it was. And he looked at me and very sternly, maybe even a little yelly because he's, he got a little fire in him. This one, which is why I love him. A little yelly. He, he said, if they can't hear you, it's not their fault. It's your fault. Figure out a way to get them to understand. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and it changed my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and so why wouldn't I, if, if, if my language doesn't work for you, let's figure out language that does. Cause it's really your language that I'm trying to, like you said, reflect back to you. Yeah. I, I bumped into that yesterday. I um, used a word that to me had a different meaning than to the, my client. Mm -hmm. And she backed me up real fast, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I did something that didn't work well for you. Yeah. Let me know that, you know, that too is a, is an area of growth yeah. for so many of us. And, um, and it was a beautiful thing. And then we could have a conversation about like, okay, I'm using this word in this context, but to you, it means this. I'm not going to shove down your throat while my context is right. And you should adapt to me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's, let's see if we can find a common language so that now we can communicate. Yeah, because yeah. you're a leader. That's what leaders do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because, you know, so many times, uh, and Maggie and I, you know, my daughter and I are doing some work on my company right now. And we're using the Dare to Lead um, book study, workbook mm -hmm. stuff with Brene Brown. And um, it asks for, you know, some vulnerability and for sharing. And I say to her, one of my fears is that as her leader, I won't always know the answer. <laughs> like I won't always be right. And that saying it out loud makes me crack up, right? Yeah. But I'm very aware that that sort of um, can be the static mm -hmm. that is back there if I'm not being mindful. Yeah. And, and being willing to shift that. But uh, yeah, it was so funny. So, so and it's funny because she is my daughter. So we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, for me, it's not just like I'm your boss lady and I'm your leader of your company. It's also like I'm your mom and mm -hmm. I want you to be proud of me. And I want you to look at me and say, that's my mom. And she did it. Uh, not like, well, I don't know why mom is still doing this. Or why, you know, like there's a lot that can be staticky back there for me. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting to have those conversations, such a gift, you know, to that's, have. I, I love dare to leave. I love Brene Brown. One of my favorite things to say that's Brene Brown quote is uh, good leaders always believe their people are trying their best. Mm, I love that. Do you, is, does that come natural to you? Believing nope. that people are at, really okay, it comes totally naturally to me. Now, I don't. I swear to you, when I was growing up, I if I heard my daddy say, "Amy, you got to give the give them the benefit of the doubt," like one more time, I would have throttled that man. And yet, it is so ingrained in me that everybody is doing their very best. And now my children say, "Like God, Mom, if you say one more time, like." Well, maybe their grandmother just died. Maybe they've had a rotten day. Maybe they, you know, they're like, ew. But it comes very natural to me. And reading Brene's stuff and listening to her podcast, not natural. So you're in the not natural that people are doing their very best all the time. No. I, so that what a beautiful legacy your father passed down to you. Oh, he did. That, he did. Beautiful. A legacy I came from was criticism is a form of love. And it's because I can see that you can do better and you're not doing it. Now, the fun part about this is when I look at where it came, comes from, it was like probably my grandma's mom and it was certainly survival. Oh yeah. Right, she all of down. these legacies come from survival. So I'm not like shitting on her or being like, how dare that? No, I was just no. like, oh, I realized I was doing it with my husband. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, this does not feel good that I'm doing this. Yeah, how fun was that? 
How fun, how fun is it to, to go into survival uh, wounded inner child with your spouse? How fun is it? I mean, we're practiced at it at this point. <laughs> how did you notice that you were being in survival mode with your husband? What did that look like? It looks like criticizing the shit out of him. Like, that's my inner wounded child saying, like, got to prove you love him. So you got to say, like, this is how you make it better. It's how you make it better. This this means that I see your your potential and this is how we make yeah. it better. To the point where in our vows, which we had a weird ass wedding anyway, in a great way. One of his vows to me was that he would always let me do the Tupperware uh, cabinet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Let's just establish that I always load the dishwasher, okay? Because you do not do it right. <laughs> and I can't take it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I do that to my children. Like, uh, you know, with school projects and stuff, when they bring you something that looks like, you know, a piece of shit on a stick. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, and you're like instantly, well, that looks good. Um, and you know, if we put some borders around these pictures, then they'll stand out a little bit more. And let me show you, like, if we put little, maybe some caption, you know, mm -hmm. and that, that helping was, mm -hmm. um, done for me mm -hmm. growing up and, um, I did it for my children growing, you know, through their growing mm -hmm. up. And then in, when I got to be grown up hasn't happened yet. But when I got to be in a different spot, I was like, wow, I completely eroded them of their dignity and their dignity to fail and succeed and just criticize them all the time. And, uh, and I've been very clear with them, like, hey, y'all, I passed on some patterns to y'all. I can't change them for you. My bad. So, peace out. <laughs> hope you, hope you take control of that in some way. But, uh, yeah, that was a really big aha moment for me yeah. was that my children had lived through a highly critical, uh, household and that that was shitty and I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Good. And like a good job on giving them the gift of like calling it out for them, like naming the thing that happened. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah, in my family, a lot of naming. Good. I mean, that's so power. In my family, it looks a lot like, um, like, so when my parents, <laughs> I went on vacation with my parents for the first time in a very long time. <laughs> and within the first three hours of being in, the, in this like townhouse right by the beach, we had made a checklist of things that needed to be adjusted. <laughs> we had changed furniture around. We had vacuumed and cleaned. We had <laughs> noted that perhaps some painting should be done. That somebody did not dust behind the beds and it's dusty. <laughs> this, this is how it shows up. <laughs> it's so funny to laugh at too. It's like, so that's how we do I it. I love that. So then what did you do with your list of these things aren't the way we want them to be? Just kept repeating Nothing. them all week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's so funny. And it's just, I mean, that's like a very funny way about it. You know, I, 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 my mom, like, it's not for my parents. It was more for my grandparents, grandma. <laughs> He's so funny. R.I.P. God bless her. She raised a shit ton of really independent women. Oh. <laughs> and so that's mm. part of that, too. Right, like yeah, you, like let's not step over. Let's not yeah, step no. over. Uh, you know the skill that that you have. If you know, my right. kids are also pretty tough. Like they yeah. can they can take some feedback. Yeah, you know, and they're pretty um, high achievers in their own different ways. Like for my littlest, it's how she looked. Like her fashion is on point, and I mean down to the you know detail. My big one, it's her like production of intellectual material for my middle it's like how he fixes stuff he's a very mechanical like little fixy guy and so sometimes I'll Jimmy rig something up and he'll be like mom you know and come in and tell me how the way it should have been done but <laughs> but yeah and and in the gym when I'm coaching people 
I have a mean eye. Like mm-hmm. if you're an inch off, I'm spotting that and I'm giving that to you for improvement. It's right. just nice not to. Um, it's nice now that I understand a how to offer it after being asked for it. Yeah. Um, and B, how to offer it with grace attached to it. Mm-hmm. Grace and choice there. And um, C, not to just two by four somebody. Yeah. Like, why am I upset the head with it? I actually asked a coach one time, part of my um, leadership training when I was going through like learning how to be a coach was to go around, uh, find like two or three people that didn't know you well and ask them what could they always count on me for and what could they never count on me for. And um, some of the feedback that I got was I can always count on you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Uh, and that was not like a good thing. It was like when I'm working out by myself and I'm doing my own thing and I'm working on my own stuff, I can always count on you to bust your opinion up into what my overhead squat looks like, whether or not mm-hmm. I'm working on that or not. And that was a really eye opening moment for me. Mm-hmm. Like I've done so when you said your belief system on like, we just go through lives until we're a hundred percent in the one love. And I'm like, man, I'm doing some heavy lifting in this life. Like, yeah. I don't know what I did in the past ones, but this girl has done some lifting in this one. So uh, yeah, just looking at that, um, that how my critical eye comes in, in, in the critical care arena, man, I can yeah. tell somebody's starting to crump. I mean, when they're just a hair, when just a hair has changed, you know, and that's a good thing. Yeah. But probably don't want to vomit up on your seven-year-old that like that one letter on her poster is crooked. <laughs> um, the opposite of judgment is it non-judgment? It's discernment. Mm. Okay. So, so let will you spend some time talking about that? That's discernment is a new skill that yeah. I'm learning, Lauren. And I'd love to have you share with us judgment, right. non-judgment, and discernment continued practicing <laughs> right like oh boy <laughs> remember judgment's my favorite um so it's <laughs> feels so good judgy some pants the, some of the tools i use it's it's from um a group of work called light your leadership by suzanne conrad and there's something called the line of choice and above the line is when we're in response we're responsible we're connected to that one love and that's where things like um love forgiveness discernment joy humor possibility, curiosity, all live up there. And then below the line, which is, um, and notice it's not good and bad. They're all human reactions. They're all human stuff. Uh, Below the line is judgment, unforgiveness, uh, fear, doubt, worry are the main ones, but also like, anyway, so that's where this understanding of it comes for me. Discernment is being able to say like, that's, I see that that's not for me. And that's okay. Mm. I like to use that your daughter loves fashion. I love fashion too. I like to use outfits. Like, so when somebody walks into a room and they have this crazy outfit on, half the time it's me, I'm sure. And I can say like, oh, wow, look at that outfit. Like, I, I it's not, I wouldn't wear it. That doesn't mean anything. Look at them wear it. Good job. Whereas you judgment would be like, ooh. Look at that outfit. Why is she wearing that? She looked crazy. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what so you, oh, um, I, I'm feeling like this this discernment is a fabulous tool to use in our boundarying. And by the way, I've restructured. I was just with a client this week, and I said to her, "I don't love it that we call it." boundaries because I feel like boundaries in my little, like we were talking about common language, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, when I think boundary, I think I've got up a chain link fence and it's to keep you out. And that's some Mm -hmm. bullshit. And I'm not about it because I want to be connected. Right. Mm -hmm. So I re-languaged for myself. No, a, a boundary is the promise that I make to myself to keep things 
in my life that work for me. Yeah. And that discernment tool, that's a really great tool to have when I'm deciding what promises that I keep in my life to myself to make my life work for me. Yeah. My best friend and I were just talking about this. And just, I mean, it's not boundaries. It's just clarity, really, for her, like in conversations we have. And I said, boundaries are here so that because I love you and I want to keep you in my life. But it, you're right. It's more like a promise. So this is funny. She has three children. She is very active in their lives. Um, she still has three children, six and under. So there's a lot going on in her household. Ooh, yeah, that's a and lot. She, she's like a homer. Like she got stuff going on. And what somebody asked her to be a teacher at this one Bible study her daughter is in. And it's literally the only hour and a half in her entire week where she's by herself. The only hour and a half. And she's like, I, I, she said, I know that I, I know that that hour and a half is really important. And I really should keep that. I know that, but a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I just really clearly, I said, Hey, listen, just so you know, it's really clear on what is correct for you and what your answer is. And if you override that and choose to do this thing, I want to be really clear. I'm unwilling to listen to you complain about it. Oh, nice. It's, if you complain about it, I we will I will either immediately change the subject and if you continue to do it, I will hang up. <laughs> and she was like, No, that's really fair. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Because yeah, I want to continue to be best friends with her. We talk like three times a day. So <laughs> it's like a lot. And we were talking about this the other night, and I said, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of the times people say to me, like, I'll talk about these conversations, and people will say, like, I don't like confrontation. Well, that wasn't confrontation. That was like what I'm willing to accept in our friendship, what I'm willing to energ energetically, what I'm willing to accept in my space. Yeah. What I'm willing to be around. I yeah. have a um, super easy example that I use with people. So, well, I have two examples, but one we can't talk about on this particular podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll just use this one. You know, um, growing up, I've been around a lot of people doing a lot of different behaviors and I've pretty much stayed on the path to doing my behaviors that I feel drawn to. Right. And um, so one of my promises to myself is around cocaine. Like I'm not going to be around cocaine. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around cocaine. I worked in the cath lab where we had a lot of people come in, you know, Saturday night, they're 25, 30 years old and they're having big ass heart attacks. And we're like, how much cocaine did you do? And at first mm -hmm. they're like, no, I love it. And we're like, dude, your coronary arteries are clean. They didn't base the spasm for nothing. You need to know how much you did so that you don't fucking kill yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like having those conversations, I'm just not interested in being around that recreational drug. Mm -hmm. And there have been two instances in my life that I can recall. I'm there. Everybody's having a great time. Somebody's having a drink. And all of a sudden the, the white powdery comes out and I'm like, all right, peace out. Love you. And I just leave and I'm not in judgment. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not my business. My business ends at the tip of my nose. It's not my business. And also it's just like energetically not, not in my zone, man. Yeah. When y'all are done with that and it's all gone and you know, it's a, it's a cocaine free space. I'll be happy to snap again, like whoop, whoop, party up. But until then, I'm out. And it's a very clear cut and easy. Like, it's easy to see, like, why I would not want to be around cocaine? Mm -hmm. You know, especially as a registered nurse in the state of North Carolina. Like, peace out, I'm done. Yeah. But it's harder to see some of the littler, littler things. Like, I don't want to hear that conversation again. Because I don't want to hear that conversation again because it brings me down and it has me an accomplice to you're doing something that hurts you. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be in that. I had another friend who shared with me that she said to uh, another friend, um, hey, I understand that you're struggling with this. I'm not willing to be a victim in this with you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, we can have a different conversation. And that was yeah. hard. 
Yeah. Because it's not like, holy shit, that's cocaine and I need to get out of here. It's not that. Yeah. It's murky. It's less murky when you use your body as a tuning fork. You'll know it's really easy to know what um, isn't is in integrity for you and what's not. Yeah, I think it gets easier with practice. Yeah, and with practice. And it's a courageous conversation. Hmm. It could be a confrontation. It depends how if you're approaching it with judgment, it probably will be. If there's yeah. discernment there. It's a courageous conversation. Oh, I just absolutely love the way you framed up the differences there. I absolutely love it. It's super clear and super usable. Um, that just gives you that that clarity. And yeah. and I will say, when I first started, uh, when I first started shifting some of my conversations and. And, and looking at what I was willing to do and what I was not willing to do and, and verbalizing to my mm -hmm. loved ones that I didn't want to leave me, <laughs> you know, what I was yeah. not willing to do. And you do not know what, this is perfect, wraps us right up. You don't know what their response will be. And so you can stand in your muck of, God, I'm so resentful and irritated and brought down because I've listened to her complain about that for the 45th time. And I just wish she'd get her shit together. Judgment that's uncomfortable and painful and yucky. Or you can try something different, be courageous, listen to yourself, be in integrity with yourself and what you value, make your promises, stick to them and not know what the result will be. Yeah. And know that the reaction has nothing to do with you. And oftentimes it can be the thing that the catalyst that creates the transformation for people. I love that. I want to thank yeah. you for a, hey, you. Do, you do you have anything else? Because I, I feel wrapped. Do you feel wrapped? Yeah, no, I feel good. I want to thank you for being the catalyst for people. I want to thank you for being the catalyst for me and letting me sit in my grief and my uncomfort and letting me uh, experience your joy. Like I could see it. <laughs> I was still a little jealous. I'm like, what is she so happy and joyful about? I'm over here feeling miserable. And I wanted to just thank you for being that for so many people. And I, I hope that our listeners are getting a sense of the sunlight coming through the clouds and showing hope and the sunlight warming us up and showing um, our own willingness and actions to propel us into that life that we're hoping for. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm Amy, you're such a beautiful leader and example in what doing the work and showing up and just doing it can do. And the joy that that creates and the magic that you are in this world. Oh, you're sweet. And uh, for all of you listening, yes, I will be playing that last part over and over again, especially on the dark days. <laughs> it's helpful. It is helpful to keep, keep in mind who you are to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Write that shit down. Okay. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here with us. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. I hope you took away something for yourself. In fact, write down, like, what, what was it in this whole, you know, roundabout journey that, we're trusting Lauren and I took the journey can't work the camera <laughs> to see what it was that you can take away for your life and put it into action. All the links for the books and for Lauren will be in the show notes. If you love this, um, click the link and subscribe and we will see you next time on healthy AF. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the healthy AF podcast. I hope that it has helped you create a new possibility for your health and sets you into action to go get it. If you want more information or if you want to connect with me, visit my website at myhealthylife.coach. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that each new Healthy AF episode will be sent directly to you. Let's take you from where you are to where you want to go.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.